So we ran a Twitter poll a little while ago, Chris, and we got some really interesting results, uh, a lot of really cool comments, and we decided why not shoot a roleplay chat discussion about it. Let's do it. Cue the music. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Chat. We are two game masters who just can't stop talking about roleplaying games. And today we talk about one-on-one -on -one games. Uh, this came up after a poll uh, you did, Matt, uh, about mm -hmm. um, how people, like, do they play one-on-one -on -one game? Do they like it? Do, have they DM'd it? Um, played it as a player? And turns out we're kind of surprised by the results. Yeah, I mean, I for one am very surprised. I think we had something like 30% of the people who voted said they had never played and everybody else had either game mastered before or or played as a player which to me was shocking i thought that a lot um a lot less people would say that they or i thought more people had never played one-on-one -on -one yeah. games before mm -hmm. um 30 percent is to me not very high at all like i was really shocked by that mm -hmm. you were expecting probably like 50 percent yeah half mm -hmm. more than half mm -hmm. uh me as a player i hadn't been introduced, or as a game master, hadn't been introduced to one-on-one -on -one games until I played with you, mm -hmm. which was, I want to say, six years, seven years into my gaming, I don't call it career. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a career for us yet, guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, it, I hadn't played one-on-ones before. I mm -hmm. haven't even considered playing them before that. So to me, to see so many people say that they game mastered them, played them with their children, their, their wives or their, their their husbands or what have you. It was really interesting to me. Yeah, I, I actually didn't take the time to be surprised, I guess. Like, I, I, I did not know. I, I had no idea what to expect, basically. And it was very interesting to see that that poll for that reason. Because I've played a lot of one-on-ones. Like, most of the games I've played uh, were one-on-ones. So I'm not shocked to see people played it. But I think the thing that surprises me more is, yeah, that 30% is surprising when you think about a lot of people answering, we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. And mm. to me, I have a hard time seeing Dungeons and Dragons played on one-on-one, -on -one, and maybe we'll uh, go deeper yeah. into that subject uh, as we have the discussion. But um, yeah, that's what led us to have this discussion today. And also it links pretty well with the roleplay chat we had a couple of weeks ago, the last roleplay chat we had, mm -hmm. which was uh, talking about how we deal with uh, absence, like if we're, we don't have all our players. Yeah, we, we talked a little bit about it last time, you know, how to or how you could use one-on-one -on -one games when people can't make it. Mm -hmm. But uh, we'll dig into it a lot more in today's episode. We're actually going to also talk about a few other things. Um, we're going to be talking about things like the things we like about one-on-ones, the strengths that it has, mm -hmm. um, the, obviously the weaknesses the that weakness, it has, yeah. and then situations where you should use it, how to use it, tips for using it, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Perfect. So uh, maybe let's start with, uh, we, we prepared a couple of questions. Well, actually four or five, uh, just to di direct the discussion here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, we don't exactly know where we're going with this. We never know where we're going. Yeah, that's that's kind of the <laughs> point of this, right? The point is to have the discussion and discover our opinions uh, about it uh, with you guys. And if you have comments, it would be great to continue the discussion mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, in the comments below. Or on Twitter, we'll do all that stuff. Do all that stuff. All right. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think we're ready to start this combo, Chris. I'm ready, Matt. Let's role play chat. You're drinking. We can't. You can't be drinking <laughs> when we're doing the intro thing. 
Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. I think I'm ready, Chris. I'm ready, Matt. Let's role play chat. Let's start by talking about some of the pros and some of the cons that one-on-ones offer. Uh, when we're done talking about that, we're going to move ourselves towards really how to elevate your one-on-ones. It's going to be, I think, really cool. We're going to have some very, very fun and uh, creative things that you can add to your one-on-one sessions. But first, let's get, get go through the basics. Chris, what do you think are the biggest strengths of one-on-one games? For me, the biggest strength, the, the thing I love the most about it is the way that it, it's really intimate between you and the game master. I, I played a lot uh, when I was a kid with my uh, older brother who introduced me to role-playing games. So for me, it has an emotional uh, anchor in the way I started. So I played many, many games and that created a bond with my brother that I'm not sure I would have without it. Uh, and I, I don't think it's an uh, overstatement of it because uh, me and my brother, I feel there was a lot of um, competition between the two of us. He was five years older. He was playing better at sports, better in video games, better at everything. But role-playing games were the one time we were actually cooperating. Like he was, yeah, he was still hindering me because he was the game master in his, but it was still a, something we would do together. And that's one of the things Sorry, I, yeah. if you hear my daughter screaming, we just got in from a flight yesterday from Germany. She's exhausted. It's bedtime for her now, but really it's like, what? I don't have a watch. <laughs> um, what, noon? One o'clock? Yeah. So, sorry. We'll just keep filming, though. Yep. So, so you were saying, your brother, you love him. Yeah. Because of role-playing games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just because of that. Uh, uh, so, anyway, it was a, a great bonding experience. And I think that's one of the strengths of one-on-ones. It's... Because it's just you and the game master, mm. there's certain certain relationship where this one-on-one actually makes the game better. And we've seen it on Twitter. Some people were saying, "I play a lot with my kid," mm-hmm. and that like it's it's all almost a, a private time that you have with your kid. Or I play with my wife. Um, so that strong of a bond might be a good reason to play one-on-one. If you yeah. add more people, it kind of changed the dynamic of uh, of the situation. Um, I think one of the biggest pros, to, to be completely honest, is just how much story can be mm-hmm. developed in a one-on-one game. It, it's it's not even comparable. You know, mm-hmm. when you're playing just you and the game master, you can really dig into your character's background. You can really move along the plot so much faster in the direction you want to take as a player or as a game master. You know, you can really work together and get the story going. In the one-on-one game that we had together, you know, Diedrich, my my player, my wizard, went into the test, he met the the high capitular, I forget what her name is, but he, he met someone very important in the school of magic, um, he had a ceremony, he graduated, he got all kinds of cool gifts and props and clothing and stuff. All this stuff wouldn't have been really doable with other people there. For sure, and it took like three hours, and it would have taken nine. I don't know, like yeah. maybe not nine, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's, it's it's way quicker. It's a lot faster. The story mm-hmm. really moves along, which is a big strength of, that you can find in one on ones. And I guess I'll toss along to you, Chris, to talk about another strength, given that you you love one on ones so much. <laughs> yeah. So uh, something that I really like, and also the the way I, we use it uh, with the Diedrich campaign, and we saw it in the Twitter poll was 
the way you can teach using that one-on-one. So mm-hmm. in the Diedrich experience, we like I used it to teach you how the magic system works because you hadn't used really your magic at this point. And that way, when you joined the party, it was really like you were ready to use the system. Yeah. So teach you about the mechanics, but also teach you about the lore. Uh, when you said you took the test, uh, in the test, there were stuff really basic for your character. So Diedrich knew that for sure. How many colleges of magic there are. Yeah, but me as a player, Yeah, you didn't know know. the lore. Exactly. So for me, it was a great way to be like, okay, make the role. He knows that clearly. He knows that there's eight colleges of magic, eight colors different, and I would give a little summary. So that way I align your knowledge uh, with the knowledge of your character. So it's it's a way to teach the, the, the player stuff that the character might already know. Yeah, and I mean... One thing that I, for one, was very surprised to see that so many people like using one-on-ones as a teaching opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that we talk about it, it it kind of yeah, it's a good good chance. You know, one-on-one with with your game master, you really get to be unashamed of the questions you have about the rules or how to use a certain system or background information that you think you ought to know. Now's the chance to to ask that information. On the other side, there's still a small part of me that isn't entirely convinced that it's a strength because it depends so much on your playstyle as a player. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that later when we just talk about general considerations. But it's just something I wanted to really yeah. put in there now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other pros. Uh, we will discuss a lot more. So for now, let's keep it to that. We can maybe talk a little bit about the cons. So I'll go because I have a go list for of it. cons. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so really, to me, the biggest con, and it will always be front and center, mm-hmm. is that you don't have other players to feed off of. And this, I could talk about this forever. Mm-hmm. I won't, for your sake, for your <laughs> sake, and for even my sake, because I don't have all day. But really, having other people there is so much fun. It's why I play role-playing games. You know, yep. to, to have those improvised role-playing conversations about silly things or about deep dramatic things can be so much fun and yes you can do that with an npc but it only goes so far Uh, a game master only is only so creative if you have three four five other people at the table with you their creativity can be fed into the story fed into the tactics of the combat and really explore so many other solutions to problems that you just can't achieve when you're just by yourself, um, and that's yeah, to me the biggest weakness. It's it's massive, and we're gonna t- we talked about the pros. We're gonna talk about the opportunity that it arises when you play one on one. But that's really the cost you're gonna pay, yeah. right? The cost you're gonna pay is this creative uh, environment that more people bring in any kind of improv situation. So moving on from that. M- main aspect of like the main con yeah uh i think one thing i i have trouble with is the versatility of having the group there mm. so if we talk about dnd there's multiple classes that covers an array of competency if you want to run a one-on-one if you only have the rogue you're kind of limited to that kind of uh interaction with the world um where if you have a rogue a fighter a paladin and a ranger then you cover your bases and you can you don't have to be that careful as it, it a player or as a game master yeah. one thing right like 
when you have a group of people, you can say, I'm going to be the guy that's super charming and I can flirt with everybody and get what mm -hmm. I want. But when it comes to a fight, I'm going to suck. Yeah. Well, when you have to be the only person you can count on, you, you kind of have to round your edges out, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what you want to do. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe the system also isn't built for it. But that's yeah, story. that's why I talk about <laughs> D and the other system might be like less restrictive uh -huh, uh -huh. when building their, their group like that. But that's definitely uh, something to take into consideration. And then the last con that we're going to talk about here um, is, again, sort of related to Spotlight. Um, I know we, we keep coming back to it, but if I was a new player and you told me, hey, do you want to learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons or any other role-playing game? Why don't you come over? We'll hang out, just me and you. If I don't know you very well, I might be really awkward. I'm like, it's not going to be a good time for either of us yeah. because I can't really be myself around you as a person, let alone you know, opening up the walls to do full-on roleplay, that might be hard. Um, yeah, starting to get into a roleplaying game is really awkward. Like, mm -hmm. it's an awkward experience. So it's it's good to be on the on the sidelines a little bit when you start. Yeah. So that kind of removes that opportunity. My wife is exactly like that. When we, I, I introduced her to roleplaying game using one-on-ones because that's how I learned. Um, she was feeling really awkward. And she, even though she's my wife, she was always asking me like what should i do what are my options and i think that's normal question for new for new players but yeah. if you see people play then you, oh, okay, you can grab the idea of it without having to to feel that pressure and that awkwardness of role playing or just coming up with and creative being, ways like always being the one with the solution oh right? yeah for sure you, you always mm -hmm. have to be feeding in not necessarily the right answer but an answer mm -hmm. and that can be it can be hard it can be exhausting and it can be intimidating if it's your first time playing or or you're a player who just doesn't really enjoy being yeah. the center of attention mm -hmm. um, and you might not know that if it's if it's your first time playing you, do, you don't know what you like what you don't like all that kind of stuff exactly um, so I think that covers the pros and cons mm -hmm. let's move on to the next part we're just going to briefly touch upon some general things to consider that kind of aren't really pros, aren't really cons, which is good to know information about running one-on-ones. And then if you stick around, we're going to go into some really fun, really interesting um, things you can do to take your next, <laughs> to take your one-on-ones to the next level. Yeah. So for your consideration, take into account planning. Planning is a, is a bit different when you use a one-on-one. -on -one because uh, the players, because they're specialized, like we were saying before, mm -hmm. they tend to, one, they don't have that many avenue to explore. If we take the example of the group before, the, the rogue, the, the, the paladin, the ranger, I don't remember what I said, the fighter. <laughs> well, if you make them attack the uh, building. Um, There's need, a few options that they can take. Yeah, you don't really know what they're gonna do yeah. and you're gonna plan wide. If you only have a rogue, then you're pretty sure he's going to sneak in. He's probably not going to charge in with his dagger and everything, right? Yeah. Uh, so so then you have to kind of make it more interesting. You don't want to be like just stealth check, stealth check, stealth check. Right? You have to make it more interesting because you don't have that vir that? Variety? Variety? Variety. Variety. I'm French. Yeah, I know. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, so yeah, so yeah, I kind of have to plan less wide, deeper, really. deeper, yeah. yeah. And 
the other big thing is the fact that it because the player because the story advanced so quickly kind of have to know in advance attacking a facility might be a whole session with four players but with one player it might, it might be an hour might be an hour might be an hour and a half then you have to be ready to yeah. do other things another thing really just in general not a pro not a con is that when you're playing by yourself as a player or yeah as a player the stakes tend to be a little bit higher to take chris's example with the rogue if you're infiltrating a fortress all by yourself well guess what if you get caught you're caught there's no other players to come and rescue you maybe there'll be like an npc or mm -hmm. something but really all the weight is on your shoulders to whether this succeeds or fails and if an npc gets you out of jail did you really succeed <laughs> i don't think so yeah and that's that's the feeling i get i, I think that's a very important when i play with my brother my brother is really uh likes to put challenges and it's like okay i remember one day i was playing in the star wars uh game and it was i needed to neutralize um, a facility basically and i had like multiple points to attack but i was alone mm. i was like hey, what do, what's the order if i get caught the, the alarm sounds it's all my fault and it's 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 a lot more high stakes yeah, and the pressure's on that can be very fun but also if you don't feel like it or you're not that kind of player or you're tired that day you might be like oh can can we just hang out can we or can i just see what other people want to yeah. do so again it, it's it's not a pro it's not a con it's a way of playing that kind of is part of the one-on-one -on -one experience i mean if you're aware of how the stakes tend to be higher there's nothing stopping you from having a whole session where you're just shopping with the shopkeeper yeah i mean you could do that if that's what the player wants but just keep in mind that when challenges are put forward by the game master the the stake like the ratio of the stakes to the player's actions is so much higher in a one-on-one -on -one than when you're playing in a, in a group. Yeah, and I feel that that's all, almost like implied because if you have four or five people and your game master puts an encounter in front of you, mm -hmm. most of the time players will assume, well, if it's in front of me, it's beatable. Like, I can beat it. That's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but, let, but most, I feel like most people assume a version of that. But if you're alone and there's an encounter, I feel like people will assume they don't necessarily will be able to take this full room of people. Yeah. So it, I feel like it's almost more clear. So it's something to take into consideration when you plan your encounter, or maybe I say it's implicit. It needs to be mm -hmm. clear because if you play a one-on-one -on -one and you put a regular encounter where you're like, okay, the rogue is going to sneak by and then the rogue decides to encounter it, then yeah. because it's high stake, Gonna be a lot of consequences um an another thing too chris that maybe i'm backtracking a little bit and i'm sorry guys uh but in terms of planning we talked about planning deeper um you also i think have a bigger grocery list of like npcs environments oh yeah in planning deeper you have to fill these these Void, voids yeah. of not having other people there mm -hmm. so I, I i haven't really run any one-on-ones to that extent do, do you have any examples chris or or, or or stories about planning like a bunch of npcs for one-on-one -on -one? yeah I, I really like to use npcs to bring the characters the player characters out and talking and it's even more important than a one-on-one -on -one because mm -hmm. they won't talk to the other players it depends on the kind of group you have but yeah you need to populate and often what i'll say on one-on-one -on -one, if you go attack 
the facility again, you can hire mercenaries, which is probably less frequent when you have a whole group. Yeah. So NPCs, often I will put more details and location because they're going to be a lot more detail-oriented when exploring a place because that's the only thing they do. It's it's yeah, that's the not the fun, but like that's what they're doing. If you're playing one-on-one, -on -one, you're looking around, you're investigating, you're talking to NPCs because there's no players to and fill the the gap. And it's bit. like once they're investigating in a room, something that I like to do in uh, in a combat, let's say, is while they have a combat, the other ones are doing investigation or some other kind of activity. Well, when you're only one character, you don't have that. Right? Flexibility so, for that. So it's yeah. more about like okay, now we're in combat, now we're investigating, now we're role playing, where you don't have that that kind of mash. I guess you could still do it, but you have to be again conscious of the the differences. Mm -hmm. um, cool. I I think that really sets our stage for the part that I'm the most excited to talk about. Uh, so you know we, we've established the pros, the cons, and the general things you need to know when running a one-on-one, -on -one. but how do you take your one-on-one -on -one to the next level? How do you make sure that your one-on-one -on -one isn't just role-playing with two people? It's more. How, to take advantage of the strengths that one-on-ones have. Um, yeah, I don't, <laughs> my sentence just kept going there. <laughs> so yeah, so let, let, let's start with you, Chris. Let, what is one of the things, the opportunities that arise with one-on-ones that you would like to share? Yeah, I think I think the first thing that's a really uh, it would be a lost opportunity to not do it is to tailor made what your your adventure is to the player that's in front of you. Mm -hmm. If uh, depending on whose friend I'm playing with, or if it's a kid, or if it's my wife, or whatever, I'll tailor made the story to, to that player. So the three pillars of let's say D and D, for example, is combat exploration and role play. Yeah, uh, you can use like you can. Put the proportion of these three in the, the 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 way you want. So if I play with you, maybe I'll put more role play, uh, some exploration, and a little combat. Where if I play with uh, another one of our player who plays Novak, uh, I would probably put a lot more of combat, exploration, and maybe role play a little bit less. Yeah, or less so, planning or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 uh, like okay, you infiltrate this and plan. Otherwise, you get screwed. Some people like planning. Some mm -hmm. people like just shopping. Obviously, that's not really playing adventure, but you know what I mean. So it's really you, you get to tailor made for your uh, your public. Yeah, and when you're playing, you're you're planning for a group. You still, you know, you tailor for your group. But here, it's it sounds obvious, but really, you can make the game exactly what that player wants out of the game. Mm -hmm. Obviously, no player actually knows what they actually want out of a game, myself included. <laughs> but at least you can try your best, like Chris said. Mm -hmm. um, so what else? Um, an another really interesting tip, let me just make sure I'm saying it right. Yeah, so something that happened when we did our one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. is you use the one-on-one -on -one as an, an opportunity to really meld what my character knows and what me as a player knows. In the, in the universe. Yeah. So you're really bringing me in a situation where I get a bunch of information that I ought to know that none of the other players ought to know and I get to be privy to all that information that's coming in and then the next time I play everybody else there 
I get to look like the, the genius who knows all about magic and who knows all about the different schools of magic and all of this and that. So, so really taking the opportunity to use your one-on-one -on -one to give your player this insight onto a topic that their character should know, but that maybe the other characters shouldn't know. Yeah, and that's, that's, that can be expanded to a lot of things. Like we're talking about this lore, but mm -hmm. uh, something we could do is uh, once you go back to your family, uh, maybe we, we, we know you have a family, but it's not, it's not fleshed out. Yeah. And so a way of giving you information that your character should know is, okay, you meet your sister. And we take that one-on-one -on -one opportunity to give you information about the sister. And there's different ways to, to, to do it. But what's important here on the one-on-one -on -one is you'll know more about your sister than the rest of the group. Yeah. And that's, that's really cool for you. And it makes it, it it's, once you go back to the group, it's going to make it even more fun when and it's realistic right it's, like yeah. the character would know more about their sister than random adventurers that you're you're partied up with and if um, we can do a, a little like a uh, side note here we've talked in in the past uh, in the video of creating uh, cool npcs like how to make them interesting yeah we talk about the fact that sometimes you can actually ask the player for details about your npcs and i think that's a perfect situation to do it yeah like let's say deidre goes back to his hometown and meets his sister i could be Pull, what I call pulling a Matteo, a Matt, because you, you you do that a lot. It's like, okay, Matt, what is um, great about your sister? What's the the, the yeah. quality you like the most? And maybe what's one secret you know about your sister that your parents don't know? Mm -hmm. And then you know that it might be important to the story, might not be. That's again a tool you give to the game master. But then when you're once you're you're uh, you're you group you're back up group with everybody else, exists. you now have this information. Mm -hmm. And you also create a bond mm -hmm. with that NPC, like we mentioned in another video, that you can't really replicate. If me as a person, as a as a player, was in, I was involved in the creation of this NPC, I immediately become invested in that NPC. So in the situation where you're you're making me talk about my sister, well, if you want me to be invested in my sister as a as a character as a player, give me that opportunity to help you build the lore of that of that. NPC and and again you're tailoring that to me as a player because mm -hmm. I love doing that I love having a say in, in in different elements of the game that go beyond just what my character is and does maybe don't do this tip like we said like in the first the first element if the players that you're doing the one-on-one -on -one with doesn't want to have yeah. that kind of input don't but it's a really cool opportunity to try and give them the chance to be part of that collaborative character building or storytelling or, or what mm -hmm. have you yeah and, and it's the thing that's great about it for me is when the group is back and you 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 will introduce your sister obviously well i think obviously you won't be like here's my sister here's her dark darkest dark secret, secret. <laughs> like but you know it and it might actually come up if the game master can use it in a mm -hmm. clever way you might be like three session later you'd be like oh, i kind of have to tell you that guys because I, th I think there's something wrong with my sister, mm -hmm. right? And maybe you do a, a whole adventure on this, and, and that's great. And this segues really well into the next element of one-on-ones that you can only really achieve in a one-on-one, -on -one, is this element of giving your player secret information that none of the other player characters ought to know. There are ways to do that in a group. Mm -hmm. you, give them, you pass them notes, you take them aside, or what have you. But when you're playing 
one-on-one -on -one for several hours, two hours, whatever, this is the perfect opportunity for you to really flesh it out, have an immersive discussion or an immersive environment or whatever, where that player character gets to discover something really eye-opening. It could be about another player character. Maybe it's a deep dark secret of another player character and now my player character knows. And then when we group back up, who do I tell? Do I keep it to myself? When's the right opportunity to, to use that information? And when I do reveal it to everybody else, I get a moment, like when you told it to me, I go like, oh my God, that's crazy. And then when I give it to everybody else, they're gonna go, oh my God, that's crazy. Like it just keeps the good stuff coming yeah. more and more. So you have a reveal moment that could have been like in front of everybody. Let's say the, the, the common way to do it would be, okay, Diedrich is in this scene and everybody else is just somewhere else. I do the reveal. Everybody's like, oh, cool, but they're not there to react to it. Yeah. But you're the only character who knows. And then when you tell them, the players already knew. They can still kind of they can act on play it, but it's the... meta knowledge, right? So, but that way, when you use the use the one on one, it, it's it's a great moment. You get to have a multiple payoffs. Yeah. Right. And that's, yeah. that's what we call like the, the double reveal or even triple reveal. So it could it's it's it, it's a really cool tool that the, the the one on one gives you and it adds another element to that too not only are you revealing the information on on several occasions you add even more mystery why does matt's character know this information about somebody else's character or why does chris's character know this this big important piece of information about the campaign that nobody else knows are you in cahoots with the bad guy like you you add all these different seeds of doubt or of of, of wow factor and the player can use it to build a role play and relationship with their other players like we said it could be a reveal about uh, another player maybe mm -hmm. maybe some dark uh, woman come to talk to one of the characters like your companion killed my husband 10 years ago and uh, yeah. something like that and we don't really know why but then you decide to go and tell only that character I what happened there where were you 10 years ago what yeah. did you do or try to get information and the other player doesn't even know like again as a game master let's let's hope the character knows his backstory that you're using <laughs> of course but then they don't know like when when did he learn about that and that can create a really cool cool dynamic in, in, into the group yeah maybe let's give a few more examples because mm -hmm. i really like this so mm -hmm. we have like the, the example of a player character's background where you know, a mysterious woman comes and tells you something. Another example could be maybe you uh, find letters addressed to this other to another player character that are opened in the in the in the in room that you're sharing, and you can't help but look at them. Wanted posters. Wanted posters. I don't wow, know. that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Or like you go to look for a mission, and there, or maybe a last name, same last name, uh, and someone's looking for them. And you're like, oh, is the sister? Like, it can create a whole thing. And then, do they know that someone's looking for them? Mm -hmm. Let's say a wanted poster. Do they know it? Or maybe they hid it from the group. And how? What do you do with that information, right? So that's all about the players. You could also take this. Sorry to, to keep talking about the same thing here, Chris. But you could take this the other way too. It doesn't need to be bad information. Maybe mm -hmm. you learn something really nice. That's, yeah, that's true. Maybe you learn that this person's donating money to a local orphanage. Why? Are they just really nice? Or do they have a child that Ooh, is in the orphanage? I love that. You know, like, all this kind of 
all these new pieces of information that could or could not be related to the plot of the main campaign, mm-hmm. but really flesh out other people's player characters to you as a player. And then when you when you see them the next time, you have this this information that you can kind of play on. Um, do you have any other positive examples? Well, yeah, one one that I did in the campaign. I don't want to go into much details, but uh, what happened? Big the 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 mentor of one of the players had a really good relationship with two other players, and he revealed information about his allegiance mm. to two of the players, and the other ones don't know. And one of the other players, eh, it's kind of confusing here, but let's say the rogue works for that guy who revealed his allegiance to two other players. The rogue doesn't know it. Yeah. yeah. So once it, once it's going to come up, he doesn't know exactly who he's working for. So, but the the reveal is actually a good thing. Like the guy is really legit. Yeah. So, and you can take that, like we said, they can be an NPC, right? So mm-hmm. you can now not only give reveals about other player characters, you can give reveals about NPCs, important NPCs or reoccurring NPCs that maybe like a shopkeeper or something. Mm-hmm. Now you know the, a weakness or a, a back, a, an element of their background that you can mine as a player, which is kind of fun. Yeah, and another thing you can do for in terms of reveal, we talk about players, about NPCs, but also about just the main plot, the, the, the story. If you find out something yeah. that you can bring back to the group, and maybe you want to share it to everybody because it's helpful, but maybe again you want to take a keep a little bit of the info for you or just reveal it when it's appropriate to the story yeah. or when you actually have the uh, opportunity to gain from it. But something about the campaign that can move you forward could also have that double reveal moment. Yeah, That's that's really great about this one-on-one. This is really cool. I can't wait to try using some of this stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the last tip, are we done talking about this? I, mean, I think so. I mean, we can give an example all day, but I think you, yeah. you get the point. Uh, and it's 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 really depends on what your where your story's at, right? Mm-hmm. But it's thinking of something that you know as a game master that's kind of in the backdrop and use giving it to just one player, yeah, because he's spending time or she's spending time, they're spending time with you playing that day. Give give them something. Yeah, it's it's more than just role playing. Now they had a fun time role playing, and they know who one of the bad guys are, or they now suspect one of the good guys to be a bad guy mm-hmm. or whatever we gave a bunch of examples but like now they have this nugget of information that make it feel like wow doing this one-on-one wasn't only fun but it's gonna have a payoff next time yeah all um, right th- that's enough about that let's move on to our last thing to consider to really elevate your games and it's to really focus on the player character right the, the strengths of a player character and give them challenges that allow them to shine you know, when you're in a group, you can already do that, but sometimes you have to cut it short. Yeah, and you know when, when you're playing a game and someone is, often happens when you split the party, or it happens with the rogue, mm-hmm. uh, or when you want to send a diplomat somewhere. Like, it happens when you're like, okay, we're going to do this thing, yeah. can, you, can you do that other thing? And you have to stop the game and manage when you split the party, you did also a poll, uh, a poll for splitting the party, and yeah. most people were saying, well, "Yeah, they, they enjoy doing it," mm-hmm. or you know, sometimes you have to do it. Um, and one, I can't remember who, I'm sorry, um, but they had an interesting perspective 
which I think is very valid, where they said, you know, if someone wants to split apart by themselves, I'm not going to give them more time to shine than anybody else. Yeah, so if I do, ten, let's say, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, even if this is really intense and the other ones are, I guess, doing something else. Let's but I, I think it's even less than that. If the, the four other players has five minutes, this one player oh, yeah. only has one minute. Because oh. that's as much time as they would have had to shine in the group. Of, huh. you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it, it's equivalent. Yeah, that makes you're, sense. You're by yourself, but you don't get more time than if you were with everybody else. So what if instead of doing this, you just remove that and you play a one-on-one -on -one with that character yeah. where this happens, and then you bring them back into the story leader. Obviously, it's for longer splitting the party, mm -hmm. and that's what we did against with, with Diedrich. Diedrich went to give his letter, but instead of running the combat with the, with the group, and at the same time having you doing this thing, mm -hmm. we just like, okay, you're not in this game, but you're we have a one-on-one -on -one together. Exactly. And, and I think it benefited, it benefited, right? It's tailor-made oh, yeah. to me. Nobody else is privy to that information, and they shouldn't be, right? If you're the rogue going on a stealth mission to infiltrate, uh, infiltrate a castle and unlock the gate for everybody else to charge in, well, you could have everybody sit back and watch the, the, the rogue do that. You could fast forward and just make the rogue roll a, a stealth check and then be like, okay, you did it. Or you do a one-on-one -on -one and you really give them two hours of your time where they, you know, you, you explore the castle, you, you figure out where the key is, you unlock the door, you maybe stab a guard in the back so that he doesn't sound the alarm. You, you really play to the strengths of that player character and allow them to shine as a player character. You know, you still include risk. You don't. Mm -hmm. You don't want to make it like a sure success. Then that's not fun. Mm -hmm. But you give them the challenges that are appropriate. Yeah, I remember one time in the again in the Blood of Betrayal, it was it was really fun because the rogue kind of split the party, and it was we usually take when we play a, a long time we usually take a little break, mm -hmm. and. He's split, and instead of going back and forth, I kind of finished with you guys, and then I was like, "Go on the break, and I'll spend the break playing with just that character." Yeah, and it was great because you guys did not know what he went through, but once you got back to the table, <laughs> chaos broke loose. I won't go into the details, but and yeah. you were like, "What the hell happened here? What did you do?" <laughs> and and yeah. and he had the payoff of. Having gone through this, and it was all his choice. It wasn't me saying this is happening or whatever. And it, it was a really great way of not having you lose your time. Mm -hmm. Again, some group don't mind have, having like sitting there for forty-five, an hour and a half of just looking at other people having their moments. But it's a bit of both, right? It, yeah. it, it's finding that balance, and it, it gives that rogue now has the opportunity to explain himself to us which is kind of fun and that was cool like after like what what happened yeah. why and he didn't keep i mean not that i know he didn't really keep any information from us i don't think so it nah. <laughs> <laughs> so like it doesn't always have to be big plot reveals no it, it can be just a small thing where he now set off an alarm and a bunch of guards are at the front gate mm -hmm. and, and yeah. but he's telling us that and it's kind of fun yeah yeah, sorry. I think yeah, I think that covers all all four. So, so let's maybe just some examples too. Like we said about the rogue a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mentioned a little bit like some kind of diplomat. diplomat. Yeah, like a, maybe a bard has to go convince the king to give them more troops. Well, you have the bard play that scenario. 
and then the next game maybe you start like you're having a combat and three four rounds in the bard comes back oh, with yeah. 10 men at yeah. his back a bunch of reinforcements come charging in on horseback and or then something. everybody gets a cool moment it's like oh my god this was this combat was getting like way too hard the bard comes back he has that that cool moment like yeah. it's it's really brings the story to a whole new level uh, another example if you want to you know we talked a lot about maybe more intellectual player character classes what about like a, a brute or like a barbarian maybe they need to sign up into like a tournament like a one-on-one fisticuffs tournament duel type of situation or, or maybe a distraction a di- yeah cause a distraction mm-hmm. in a in a bar or in a, in someone's house you know you, you have them charge in just make a bunch of noise and he has to fight off a couple guards nothing too intense but still push the spotlight on that character yeah another thing we did like a prison break right maybe mm-hmm. some characters got captured yeah and then the other ones or one person can go in and actually do the jailbreak and then next game you start with let's say he succeeded mm-hmm. uh secure the the prisoners and they all escape one other example i'm sorry yeah, to get off, go for um i've been reading a lot about warlocks in the dungeons and dragons universe and maybe your warlock has a mysterious patron that mm-hmm. nobody else knows about well now now is a cool chance for that warlock to have this one-on-one moment talking with their patron maybe mm-hmm. they learn information maybe they, maybe when they level up you make them go see their patron and they have a, a conversation and they learn a new kind of spell or a ritual mm-hmm. or, or whatever so you could really do this for any kind of class or yeah. any in any system too we're using D examples but there's archetypes i think analogous to each of these that you could really inspire yourself from. yeah maybe some little things to mention is we're saying one-on-one session like i we gave some example where we would actually stop a real not a real not that it's not a real group game. a group <laughs> game thank you and do a little one-on-one and then go back and obviously you can just ask them to leave but maybe have another like go play a board game or maybe if it's shorter just take a break like like i said it can be really short <clears throat> if you do an evening uh, that's what we did with Deidre, just like a wednesday night yeah. just come after supper we play for two three hours and it's not a whole big deal it's just a little thing we do together but it enriches the story a lot and the other thing is we've talked about one-on-one but it's really about being a subgroup of yeah. the whole group like if you're five people some of the stuff we say here is applicable if you only have two players like it can also be mm-hmm. easier to schedule it can also be tailor-made to that two players it can also have reveal for those two players if they can have some kind of bond yeah, to what's yeah. happening but but the one-on-one really mm-hmm. presents itself as this perfect opportunity you know it's on a silver platter and and you want to make it more than just you role playing with one person you yeah. want them to leave with more you, you want them to leave with something cool and these these four examples i guess or, or, or tricks or elements can really do that we really talked about a lot of interesting things today, Chris. Um, one-on-ones have never seemed more appealing to me than <laughs> after this conversation. Um, yeah, I, I, I love it, but uh, even through talking here, I find out or discovered some new aspect I could I could put in, especially that, that, that double reveal is yeah, really exciting cool. to me. And 
just the, the the fleshing out of the character also using the the, the player to give you details about NPCs and his uh, background mm-hmm. it's all really uh, really cool so I guess to really quickly recap in today's episode we talked about pros and cons the big pro is just this opportunity you have this intimacy you have by being just the two of you the game master and the player and one of the big cons is just this the opposite right you don't have the rest of the party there to, to have fun with to, to come up with cool creative solutions to have that engagement with everybody at the table and it's really a, a, a balancing act some game master might be ready to pay that price mm-hmm. and actually prefer one-on-ones I think most of them don't and if you have a comment like below that tells me otherwise I'd be I'd like I'd like to know if you prefer one-on-ones is there someone out there yeah. who would actually prefer playing a one-on-one over playing with a group and a group that works well a group that works right? well right if you yes. have a disruptive player or a group that doesn't play well together then I think that's when one-on-one also can fix that problem mm-hmm. um to continue the recap, we yep, also sorry. talked about. That's okay. <laughs> uh, we we also talked about some general elements that you have to consider when when doing one on one. So the planning tends to be deeper into one topic because there's only one person there and they have specialties usually that they're going to focus in on. Another thing could be that the stakes are usually higher. Mm-hmm. So as a game master, you have to control that a little bit because being alone gives less um, chan- less less room for failure, I-, I feel like, than if you have a whole group. And then we talked about our four super cool ways <laughs> to uh, elevate your one-on-one games. That The first one being just tailor it to the player. What they like as a player should be what the one-on-one session is mostly about. Yeah, the second one is really about flat- fleshing out uh, the backstory of a character through uh, knowledge or through NPCs that they can create like bonds like create a bond between the player and NPC mm-hmm. in the story is and let them be part of that creation yeah because one on one is the opportunity to do it otherwise the team will contribute to creating a, a character that should really be about that player mm-hmm. um, another one that I think we're both really excited about is giving secret information to that what that person in the one on one to then allow them to double reveal and give that information back to the party at a later date when it's appropriate. So you get this wow factor with the person one-on-one, and then you get the wow factor again when the person reveals information to the rest of the party if they choose to do it. Uh, hopefully they hopefully they do. If not, there's another wow factor later where it's like, why did you say anything? Um, but that's, that's maybe another conversation. Yeah, and uh, the last one is really about giving time to shine to that character uh, we took a lot of example of splitting the party when when you you're actually using your abilities in a very specific mm-hmm. way the rogue is really a good example for that and it's about giving the rogue the time to explore and maybe sneak in uh, somewhere and you don't have to cut all the time to go to uh, the, the group yeah. you can just go through it without making people wait um, so that's a good way to do it and that covers everything this episode talked about. Um, like Chris said, if you really like one-on-ones even more than you like playing as a, as a group, we encourage you to let us know. You can comment below or you can reach out to us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is roll underscore play underscore chat. Uh, you can also email us. Our email address is 
contact roleplaychat at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say about one-on-ones or other tips and tricks that maybe we, we didn't consider in this video. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for tuning in, whether it be on YouTube or on in podcast land. Um, it's always a pleasure. And I think that sums up our conversation for today for us. That's all, Matt. Let's call it a chat.